guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Neo Vintage Podcast. I'm Jabril, and I'm here with... Steve, hope everyone's doing well out there. If you guys who have never seen the show before, we're just two guys that like to talk over the biggest stories in gaming, but we always like to start with what we've been playing. So, Steve, what you been playing? Yeah, a couple different things. A couple different things. I finally... I did finally... Uh, we've been off a little a few weeks, so finally completed the campaign, the story mode to Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh, nice. uh, brought that journey to an end, finally, a about 40 hours, I think. I think I clocked in 41 hours, so you were pretty much on the money there. And uh, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it. There, I, you know, I heard so much commotion about how the story ends up wrapping up. And I get some of the complaints now. I, I do think they left things slightly uh, ambiguous, uh, no defined things, sort of open to your interpretation. Uh, I interpreted it the way I did. I thought it was good. I... I do have issues that it, without spoilers, it is a familiar ending, uh, especially right. to, uh, for those who play all the Final Fantasies, it is a familiar ending. Besides that, though, I mean, what a fantastic game. A game that really, when it was firing on all cylinders, was amazing. I mean, those final scenes, these characters, you, I mean, 40 hours, I grew to really care for a lot of these characters and the relationships that they built with each other uh clive and jill especially and uh, clive and joshua obviously um is a big deal and it's really you know important to see it all really unfold so i was really really excited to finish it uh give my time to it i think the boss battles were really great really fantastic um and uh i know we kind of just talked about it offline but uh, obviously they also just have announced uh, some dlc coming uh we'll see what they do with that and a pc port uh for those interested uh, so it's really exciting. So I'm glad I, because really the end of August and really into September and the rest of the year, we have a busy, busy year. I'm so glad I was able to sort of at least put that that to rest. I finished it uh, because it was sort of lingering for a while. Um, and the game is long. Um, but we have a very, very busy time coming up uh, <laughs> trying to balance all these games. I'm glad that that's not something I have to juggle as well, though. Uh, I really liked it. I think it does need to be discussed when it's that sort of uh, game of the year contender uh, just because it does everything so well. But I do understand people's issues with it. So I'm really happy uh, and really enjoyed Final Fantasy sixteen. Uh, continued a lot more of my Baldur's Gate uh, journey there uh, like we've discussed before that we're not super huge into CRPGs this is sort of an anomaly everyone was talking about it I beat Act 1 I spent a long time in Act 1 I think longer than I needed to but uh, I'm at that point where I believe I'm going to you know back and forth again like we said a lot of games coming out I started Act 2 uh, very different vibe from Act 1 it feels less tutorial so many new characters I'm meeting, so I'm trying to manage everything. You can only carry so many people in your party, oh, yeah. uh, but everyone's so interesting. Like I kind of want to see what this person does, what this person does. I there's a friend where like once a week usually I bounce different decisions we've made. I've he's got people in his party that I never even heard, and then I found out it's because I did the mission that led to their death. <laughs> it's a really interesting to to be in that discourse of what did you do? What does it you know? I have a character who is suffering from an ailment and i see other people's playthrough and he just isn't suffering from it it's so inter it's so interesting still playing it both on pc and steam deck again 
besides the obviously graphical qualities, it still runs great on both. So again, like I said before, Baldur's Gate is going to be sort of that slow burn on the background type game for me. You know, taking the big pauses for the the Final Fantasies, the Spider Mans, and everything else coming up. Um, the other thing I've been playing, and I I don't know why I was registered in this, but I am playing Sega's. They're they're doing a closed beta, and I've spent some time with Sega's hero shooter uh, called Hyenas. I I don't remember this game at all. I got an email saying I was accepted. It auto downloaded on my Steam, um, so I was playing it on PC. Uh, it's super weird. I, I I don't even remember seeing. I after a while I, I do remember seeing some trailers, but this was announced a while ago, and it's really it it's really weird because it feels so late to the party. The sort of hero shooter battle pass type deal the only thing that kind of gets me with this is not not only am i sort of a sega fanboy um and i don't know what they're gonna do monetization wise but the game the part of the game i play a little bit more than usual is the pve mode so there's only two sections you can play pvp which well pvp ve because it's five groups of three and the cpu team or you can play just you the two people uh, your team two others and versus the computers um and it's sort of like a again it's like a they're, they're calling it a hero shooter it kind of is kind of isn't uh, they do have distinct quote-unquote heroes uh different characters you can play and but it's more of a heist game so you go in you have to break into as many safes as you can to get a certain amount of loot and then get to an extraction point now again i'm playing that pve mode where it's just me and two people and we seem to have a great time it's not super hard it's super fun uh, the game runs really well. I think the game has a lot of charm where we discuss, and we've discussed multiple times, where too many things look and want to look like Fortnite. And this doesn't really, this actually has more of a Borderlands look to it in a, in a sense. It's sort of cell shaded But there's a lot of play with while you're running and shooting uh, with gravity zones and being able to use that to your advantage, boosting the gravity zones. And everything is very Sega Easter egg. Like a lot of the loot, is a lot of 80s and 90s things like some of the loots are like a sonic the hedgehog statue other things are like baseball caps or cassette tapes with music from the 80s and 90s that's the loot that you're picking up which is uh really interesting uh, to me at least it's like small things uh that what you use to break into a safe uh they they have some name for it but it's literally just a sega genesis that you blow a cartridge and you put it in there it's like a lot of little easter eggs and it's it's actually kind of interesting i kind of liked it um, I think they are trying to kind of get away with something here because right now, again, closed beta, they give you a lot of in-game currency that I'm buying characters and cosmetics. I can see that's probably going to be descaled when the full game launches. They pre I had to do some digging. They previously said that it will not be a free-to-play game, so the monetization will be accurate. They've sort of recanted that, and they said that they've looked at uh, different pay ways. Um, so I'm assuming this is going to go to free-to-play and it's going to be like super monetization and nickel and diming you and it's going to be kind of bad. Um, but I wanted to give a shout-out because I have enjoyed the couple times I've played it. I've spent a few hours with it and uh, there's two other people I play online with and it's really fun. It, there is a charm to it. I just wish it didn't go the route of pure multiplayer hero shooters because there is no like story mode. You know, Each character has their little intro but there's no like sort of story mode you can get through unless it's something they're saving for later. It looks like it is just a PvP, PvE thing. The maps look kind of similar. You're basically attacking these ships in space. Um, so I do think it needs 
more content in a way. I think if they're gonna fall back on generic looking heroes, uh, there's like there's a handful that look pretty cool. But if you're gonna really lean on the gameplay, you gotta have more content there, uh, maps, uh, more modes. Again, I, I wish they would have stuck to some sort of story mode. But all in all, I gotta say I am pretty positive on the game. It runs really well. So I'm excited to see what else they do with it and to see if they're going to re-reveal this. Because, again, it's a game I had no idea existed, uh, let alone that I was signed up to enter into the beta. So it's it's a wild one. The last thing I've been playing, and I'm only about five, six hours, uh, I am going down the Starfield rabbit hole. I, oh, I spent some I, Yeah, I spent some time with it. I did do the Game Pass trick to play it. Um, so I, that's Here's how I'm playing trick. it. Well, so if you have Game Pass, you can preload the Starfield. Yep. And if you buy the premium edition upgrade for thirty bucks, oh. you got to, yeah. So um, I, so for like forty bucks, you get to play it. Um, I guess technically early. So that's gotcha. the little loophole that uh, I I pulled. Um, so that's how I've been playing it because I I I could not drop a hundred dollars on this. I. <laughs> There's that's no way. Uh, for the people who do that, I think I, I said, you know, 10 bucks for PC Game Pass. I think it's $30, $35 for the premium edition upgrade. Uh, you got to be really careful because there's a lot of stuff in those menus. Um, and so, yeah, that gives you whatever the pre-order bonus is in like a deluxe suit. But the big thing is it gives you early access. And so I've only spent about five hours into it and... For people thinking this was going to be a revolutionary Bethesda game, I think it is, to its core, a Bethesda game. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to notice, but it does seem that they've learned a few things and a lot of stuff, and a lot of the stuff you and I have picked out, uh, especially with Todd Howard and a lot of these, star, we've been talking about Starfield for so long, um, and a lot of that stuff's come to fruition that, you know, that it wasn't true. Um so the game runs well technically. So over the technical aspect, there is it's not a bug Fesda fest as everyone likes to go at. Is there some pop-ins? Sure. They've said that the game is very demanding on certain um, PCs. I haven't had too many issues. There is a lot of lock systems. PC when you play a game on PC, you're usually more open to FOV sliders and frame rate sliders. They're very strict on what the, they want the game to be able to do. Um, and we knew this because I think on consoles it's going to be locked to 30, even on a Series X. So that's crazy. Um, yeah, which is it, it is nuts. But through and through, this is akin to Fallout in space. You know, there is. It's so weird to talk about it because I could go on a huge tangent. Um, it. It is a Bethesda game. That's what you're going to be playing here. You know, when you think if you were a huge fan, I know you and I enjoyed a lot of Outer Worlds, which was always compared to a, a Fallout in space. This is obviously a little bit more in the galactic world like that. I think the story's really well written. I think a lot of these characters are, you know, well written. Uh, there's a character you meet early on, Sarah. Uh, she's no Piper, but she's she's pretty fun um, to, to have in my party. Um, so... It's hard to talk about, like, oh, what do you, how is the game? Like, the game is a Bethesda game. You know, go here, get a mission, go talk to this person, either shoot, and you have a shooting gallery, or you do some persuasion and stuff like that. So it's nothing that we've seen that haven't seen in a Bethesda game before. Uh, the big thing that people like to discuss is sort of the star traveling and all that. It, it's fine. 
there is some star space, you know, traveling nowhere near the extent of something like No Man's Sky. You're going to spend a lot of time in the menus, actually, to get what you need to do in Starfield, uh, getting to different planets and galaxies and weird solar parts. Uh, a lot of that's menu-based. Uh, and speaking of menu, if, if you haven't seen anyone stream it, the menus are one of the worst things I've ever seen. It is a ridiculously convoluted menu uh there's a menu inside of a menu to get to the pause menu uh a lot of stuff that they need to really fix it it's really weird i'm surprised bethesda uh, launched it this way i don't know if they were just trying to be so you know new over the top they don't want anything to reminisce too much of their previous games this being their first new ip in a long time uh you know it's been elder scrolls and fallout for so long um but it's getting there you know it, it's you know, is it the prettiest game? No, they are using their new creative engine, so the game sometimes just looks like Fallout in space. It, it, the models don't look the greatest, but the voice acting is there. A lot of familiar voice actors. The story starts off a, very slow, but it seems to pick up the pace. Um, in a non-Bethesda fashion, I kind of started just mainlining, because I saw a lot of people discuss this. Those first four to five hours, just do the main missions, because the side missions, one, are very boring. Uh, can lock you out at a certain point because you don't have certain items um, and just doesn't get interesting until later on so once you have a little bit more access to your full systems of the game I think it'll be a little bit more fun so that's the game I'm going to be playing for a little while now um, I'm still warm on it I think the lot when I see all the reviews 7 and 8s I think that's very justifiable anything above that is nuts anything below that is nuts so that's all I've been up to uh kind of a smorgasbord here of different things but uh it's a busy season so that's all i've been playing uh, what have you been up to yeah unfortunately not starfield i've been watching mm. things about mm -hmm. it it looks mm -hmm. very good for the most part i think it looks obviously much needed for the xbox ecosystem that's the thing i keep thinking about i was like oh, yeah. i was just had my fingers crossed just for the xbox people where i'm like yo please don't be a disaster that's all i'm asking i don't expect this to like mm -hmm. light everybody's world on fire but i was like they need something man not nah, don't redfall us again but it looks yeah. good enough at the very least like i think some people are gonna love it some people i see some people talking pretty harshly about it who have never played it and obviously we know what that is so mm -hmm. um well yeah i'm very excited to jump into it but i probably won't be playing it until the proper launch which i think is what tuesday which is kind I think of annoying tuesday yeah, yeah. I, I was really hoping it was coming on Monday because of Labor Day and everybody being off. And I was like, man, I, I want one one day just off of work to be able to play it. But it looks like, yeah, the first day it comes out is the first day I go back to work. So, <clears throat> oh, well. Um, yeah. In terms of games I have been playing, nothing of substance, to be honest with you. I've played uh, a little bit of Super Monkey Ball, the Banana Blitz HD version on, okay. <laughs> on PS5. Um, it was on sale and I bought it for very cheap, like literally like a dollar something, like two dollars maybe. And uh, I've just been playing that. I like the I like Monkey Ball. I'm not very good at it, but I've always liked those games, so I've played a little bit of that. Uh, I played a little bit of this game called Ghost Song. It is a Metroidvania on Game Pass right now, and for the most part, every cat every Metroidvania that you know comes out of relative notoriety i try to play the only one i haven't mm -hmm. played as kind of just a heads up is blasphemous 2 one thing no one told me this was coming out so i was a little <laughs> perturbed that that was just out one day 
I was like, yeah. what the hell? Like, nobody told me. So I put that on my wish list. I haven't started it yet, but I'm going to probably by the next show. I probably will have started Blasphemous 2. In the meantime, I have been playing Ghost Song. It's a pretty standard sci-fi Metroidvania. They have some interesting abilities related to the fact that your gun overheats pretty dramatically, like really fast. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But you can use a melee attack with your hot gun that does extra damage. So it's kind of a weird rhythm you get into where it's like shoot, 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 overheat, me- melee, melee, back to shooting type of thing. Um, and it's, it's a lot about a rhythm depending on the enemy that you're fighting. It's pretty difficult. Um, I have things that I don't love about it, like the fact that when you start in the game, you can go left and right, but left is prohibitively difficult. So they regularly throw you into things that you're not meant to do yet, but you can do. So it's very much, I think, like a Dark Souls kind of line of thinking there, where it's like you can go anywhere and do anything, but obviously there are uh, natural barriers to most players that won't be able to progress. Um, but there have been points where I've just found it rather annoying. Like the most mon- mundane encounters with enemies can turn into such annoying situations that uh, I, I don't love the game. I don't think it's bad by any means. I think some people could probably get a kick out of it. But I, I just find this game, every time I play it, it's just I want to play something else. I kind of want to just want to play <laughs> Castlevania every time I play it. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I've been playing Vampire Survivor. I've gotten the second DLC. And I also didn't... I, I completely forgot that this DLC came out. And so I finally picked it up. You know, it's a couple dollars. It's like max, like three bucks or something like that. And I've had a really fun time with it. I like the new characters. The new maps is probably what I like the most. Some of the new items are pretty cool. There's some cool balancing happening there. Um, for the most part, this is a DLC that, like, all the new material you should play after you've completed a majority of just the base game stuff. Just mm-hmm. because things kind of ramp up pretty crazy. Again, it, it's pretty much in line with the, the rest of the stuff. You get the map, and things get crazy around the 25-minute mark, I would say. So you, for the most part, you can like ha- take your time to figure things out. But things ramp up pretty difficulty, and it has that... Um, and this is not a spoiler, but it has that kind of like death barrier where you get swarmed by death enemies, and I still get taken out regularly from that. Again, around the 25 to 30-minute mark, so... Overall, very, very fun. I like the DLC. Definitely worth the money. If you're looking for an excuse to go back to Vampire Survivor and you just want to... You want to go back for, you know, two, three hours, I highly recommend it. It's not so transformative. It's it's not completely revamped the game that I see you getting another 20 out of it, necessarily. But Mm. if you're looking for something to go back to kind of just entertain yourself a little bit more, highly recommend it. Definitely worth the money. One of the best value games, in my opinion, that has come out in quite a while, just because cumulatively i've spent what still i think less than ten dollars on this game which is insane yeah, just not um, nuts to think yeah in, in the era of spending seventy dollars for you know half the time that i've spent in that game the fact that you know I've, I've spent so little and had so much fun with it and it still continues to be regularly patched he's regularly adding content all the time there is a crap ton of characters there's still i've played for i don't know my exact play time but i played for quite a while and uh, definitely more than like 30, 40 hours or something like that, I think. But uh, I played for a decent amount of time, and there's still regularly things that I find. I've done all the upgrades. I've gotten most of the characters that I can find, but there's still different 
different maps I need to get and they have the little arcana things that you need to do so there's there's lots of stuff to keep you busy if you're interested in doing that so highly recommended to anybody who's a vampire survivor fan that has maybe lapsed and if you haven't jumped in it at all I think now is a good time because I love some of the logistical changes that the main developer mm. has made with some of these new weapons there's some really cool late game stuff that you can do and what I like about the game now is with all these new maps there's a lot more I think flexibility in terms of strats early on I think since you and I were playing the game pretty early it was pretty much a like garlic or nothing type of strat mm. for the most part mm-hmm. like to start yeah that's definitely not the case anymore there are plenty of maps where like if you start with garlic you will be building a run that will be disadvantageous later on so like there are definitely maps that serve way better to like projectile runs so you'll do like a wand or you'll do like a little fire wand or holy bible stuff like like there are lots of different strats you can take depending on the thing so these days i don't actually ever use garlic for example which i know is insane because those first five hours like that's the only way you can survive and so nowadays yeah nowadays like i i never use garlic it's essentially a waste that passed like a certain point anyways because if enemies are getting that close to you you're in trouble anyways so you want to be keeping enemies at arm's length as much as possible so you definitely want to keep it projectile so it's small differences like that that i think make the game quite different now than it used to be so it's a great time to jump into it if you haven't thus far i would say yeah yeah that's one of those things i do want to go back to it's been a little while yeah and and the good thing is it's one of those games i don't think there's like such an insane difficulty spike that like if you walk away from elden ring for like you know six months you're kind of screwed going back but (laughs) yeah um, like good luck but vampire survivor like if you remember the things that you're supposed to do which essentially is just choosing the right items at the right time and walking basically um you'll be fine so the good thing is you can jump into it at any point you want yeah i i do gotta get back to it you kind of maybe i'll do it soon <laughs> do it before it gets busy i would say, I would yeah, say because yeah. what's like assassin's creed mirage and spider-man and all this kind of crazy stuff comes yeah, out it's, it's gonna be a lot tougher it's gonna be nuts yeah but uh in the time that we were gone we got a pretty much full breakdown on the PlayStation Portal, or formerly known as the PlayStation, mm-hmm. or the, the, what is it, Project Q. So Project Q. let's talk about that real quick. We have, mm-hmm. Sony has uh, announced that it's PlayStation Portal, and it's so hard for me to say Portal and not Portable, streaming <laughs> handheld will launch November 15th with pre-orders open now. Announced in the PlayStation blog, Sony has revealed that the PlayStation Portal will be released in select markets on, on the November date. The PlayStation Portal doesn't work without a PS5, so it's a companion device. And unlike the Nintendo Switch or PlayStation Vita, no games are run on the handheld itself. The entire PS5 system is instead streamed to the device, letting users play games and run other apps as if the console it's on the console itself. And it retails for $199.99. So uh, also a number of influencers have already gotten hands-on with it. They have been relatively controlled with certain information, so we don't have concrete answers on like battery life and stuff like that but people have gotten hands-on and it's basically confirmed a lot of the ideas going forward so no native processing it's a complete streaming device it is a full companion device so if you are thinking like successor 
to some previous handhelds the best way i could subscribe um describe it to people because some people have asked me about it is just it's a dual sense with the screen it's mm-hmm. not a portable it is not a steam deck it's not a portable game device and you need to get that out of your head like is it is a controller with a screen it's closer to it's the backbone if anything it's it's mm-hmm. a backbone too you know what I mean? Yeah. Way more than it is a proper handheld. And once you start reconfiguring your mind around that, I think it makes a little bit more sense. Um, so we've spoken about whether this device is for us or not. I have been open about my interest in it, but also my skepticism about this idea of this device. Like this device is perfectly designed for me. I share a TV. I love playing handheld. I'm not a remote person, but from what I understand, the the remote play using this device is dramatically better than tr- streaming to your phone because it's dedicated hardware for that. But at the same time, my use case, I think, is not everybody else's. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think this is going to have widespread appeal, to be honest with you. But based on the information that they've released so far, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, they, they really are speaking to uh, people like us who ask you know, sort of wanted this. Uh, when we were talking about it, when it was still Project Q, we were talking about, you know, wh- where people's systems are hooked up. Like I, like we've talked before, mine is hooked up technically in my living room. Um, so when I'm in my bedroom, uh, late, you know, at night, you know, wrapping it up or whatever, I'd love to have a device where I could take out and still do the PlayStation or if, whatever. If my wife is watching a movie on the TV, I don't have to get a 15-foot HDMI plug it into my PS5 and run it to a separate screen. Um, just being able to pick up that device and do it. And I've tried the remote play and I just, it really doesn't work too well. I have issues connecting. So again, having a device that will hopefully just, that's the one thing it's supposed to do. <laughs> so it, it should work well. Um, it's really my thing. Uh, pricing is exactly what we thought. I think we guessed 200, 250, I think max we yeah, were hoping for. So it was 250. Um, and again, having it that it's, dual sense and just basically a small tablet with no natural hardware uh, you know software to be running on it um i think it's a su- super solid price um, especially when you think about what they were charging for like the vr which is different boat but that was a very high end device right? yes exactly so i think 200 is way more friendly again but it and i think they are advertising correctly they're not advertising it as a successor they're not mentioned no it's a separate companion device to stream your ps5 in basically the same household uh you're basically going to be needs to be in your home so i i'm excited for it i I haven't pre-ordered yet just because again i've had such a bad experience with the playstation website themselves um but i think i will once i see a little bit more and once i see some of this um a few lingering questions i have just once they are answered one way or another i think i will definitely probably be getting this um as soon as i can because uh it, it just speaks to me it is what i want it to be and to, well i would love a playstation you know full device but we're not getting that so being able to play my playstation 5 a little bit more freely um while i'm home is pretty much a, a no-brainer yeah, that was one thing I wanted to ask is if you had been swayed one direction or another, whether to pre-order or not. I I, ha- I, I want to, right? Like, I've, I've put it in the car, gone all the way to check out, and I'm just like, I, I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I do think probably by the end of the day, I'll be convinced. To, I'll convince myself to be like, you're going to use it. You know, look at what I use. I do the same thing 
technically on my PC, right? My PC is also technically in my living room. When I'm in my bedroom, I get on my Steam Deck and the cloud. The cloud, you know, again, that runs negatively on Steam Deck, but just being able to continue my game, whether I'm at sitting at my desk or not, uh, is, I know it's like a small convenience thing, but it's a pretty big deal, especially when life gets nuts i sometimes that's all the laying in bed is the only time i have (laughs) to to unwind and you know i don't see the harm it'd be nice to you know november 15th so spider-man would be out at that time you know go in swing do a couple side missions in spider-man sure the fantastic great things i would probably want to play on the big screen but doing these side missions or playing some of this other stuff uh would be fine if not perfect uh on the portal so it definitely is for me, and I I will end up getting it for sure. Well, the good thing is I, and this is from somebody who I is ab, who has already pre-ordered it, so obviously I'm in. I think I'm gonna use the hell out of this system. I think I'd probably I'm probably if the if the remote is right and it, it plays as good as it says it was, and I already checked the Wi-Fi specs, which you should have, and I, I should be good on that front. If it is as good as they say. I will probably play this a majority of the time. Not all the time. There's absolutely mm-hmm. going to be games where I want to see on my TV when possible. But there are absolutely moments where I'm probably going to play a bulk on this because I like. I just prefer handheld when possible. But uh, so I do think these are going to be sitting though. Like I do think when it's all said mm-hmm. and done, these are going to launch. The pe- the people who are going to be interested are are going to move on it, and I, I don't think it's going to be the uphill battle necessarily that VR two is facing because that's a whole different can of worms. But I do think it, these are going to be sitting. So I think worst case scenario, like I think you'll be able to walk into a store and get these. Like this is not going to be a PS five situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these like there'll be excess inventory for this because I think this is such a hard item to predict from Sony's side about public interest because there is immense public interest and handhelds right now, especially with the Steam Deck. But this is not a handheld. But I don't know if the mainstream person knows that yet. You know what I mean? And and they need to still work on that Um, because it is such a specific use case. Like for example, when I was playing Tears of the Kingdom and i was playing it on the tv and i was going to map the i forget what it's called but it's like the under the like the cave system place you know what i'm talking about like the flip side whatever that's called Mm -hmm. um and i was trying to map out a lot of that so it's pretty grindy work you know what i mean you're just walking from little lighthouse to little lighthouse which is effectively just the shrines on the other side and so i would and and i'm you know i share a tv in the living room just like you do so the TV was needed, so I just gra- I walked over, undocked the switch, and just sat there. And it was such a great experience because it, I was able to grind it. Out. I'm, there's something about being handheld and being able to grind things out. Like I put my, I put like a podcast on, and I just go. And mm-hmm. I, I've done that for years, and I love it. And so being able to just undock that seamless experience. And I can't tell you how many times I've been playing something on PS5, like grinding out the hunts in, in Final Fantasy 16 or something like that. That would have been perfect. Or doing like the little fetch quest, side quest things in, in Final Fantasy 16, for example, that I would have yeah. loved to just walk over, undock my PlayStation really quick, and play it like that way, whether on the couch or bed or whatever. Like that's the use case that I think. So I feel like this device is going to be so popular with like 30 something things <laughs> like i will yeah. lie. like it like the early barons and like the the older gamers who only have so much time to play who are like sharing tvs with people like i don't think like the hardcore hardcore people are probably going to care too much about this because obviously you're sacrificing some degree of visual fidelity there is going to be a little bit of latency no matter what so i think it's going to be hard 
Like, I wouldn't suggest you fire up Tekken 8 with this, necessarily. Um, unless you're ready to get washed online or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, so i think there are like natural limitations to it but i do think there is a market for this i just i think that's a hard market to predict like there it's such a niche you know what i mean like so many people because it, it's effectively for people who like to play handheld but never do that outside i yeah. never take my switch outside like i i maybe a couple times like and it was to your house so um like I haven't done it a, a ton of times, so every time I'm playing handheld, it's literally in my house. I just I like the form factor of something in my hands, you know, playing in my face. Um, so it works for me, but yeah, the, I know there's an entire market when they talk about like the growing handheld market, like the entire Asian market, for example, that are on trains playing. Like that, they're completely out of this. They all the people mm-hmm. who are going mm-hmm. crazy on PSP and Vita, they're like they're unsatisfied by this device. So that's an enti- uh, entire thing that Sony has to take into effect is that they can't look at f- Steam Deck numbers to gauge public interest in this device. They almost need to gauge like backbone interest, which I I don't know if that's an easy thing to to like how many people are using the backbone device. Like I don't know if they I would imagine they have mm-hmm. some analytics on that, but. Yeah, it's a tough thing to predict, so that's why I feel like there's going to be excess inventory of this for sure. Yeah, that's kind of my thing too. I, I'm not hoping, you know, I'm not I, I'm not too worried, right, like it's going to be sold out. I think, especially if I can, once like we, you know, they usually do the exclusive orders through their website, then once Amazon and all these places get it, uh, where you have a little bit more lenient with, because uh, I checked the specs and it should work perfectly fine where I'm at, but whatever reason it doesn't work. Being able to go back and have a return, like in a store or something like that, is always going to be convenient as well for for me. Yeah, you know, when I was kind of when I heard about this finally announced, one of the first things I looked at was like I was just curious about reception because you and I already had discussed our feelings about it. I wanted to see now that it was out because when when the whole Project Q rumor thing is, people don't pay attention to rumors like that. Not everybody. Mm-hmm the hardcore do but like a lot of people don't so i was curious now when they did like the concrete announcement and it broke out like i had people i had somebody snapchat me he doesn't pay attention to games like that and he had heard about it he's like what do you think about this like what is this and i had to explain it to him and it's been a long time since i've had to do that for somebody so yeah that tells me that like this this does need a little bit of communication like when i had the last time that happened i think was the first playstation vr i had people asking me about like what is this and like why does it why is it asking me to have a ps3 controller to use it you know what i mean so um like i was very curious about what the average consumer was thinking about this and i noticed that there this is predictable but naturally a lot of frustration from people that this is not the vita 2 um when they want a dedicated hardware do you think frustration about what this is not could impact sales at all or do you think that's probably going to be a vocal minority yeah, it's it's kind of pro- it's gonna be probably a vocal minority. I think. I think the okay. fact that they this was all done, I don't remember how they announced this. I think it was just a blog post or something. They didn't they didn't do this at like an E three or one of these big events Super that you Bowl have. Trailer, yeah, yeah, you know that you have the the hardcore, but you have a lot of casuals who are like, oh yeah, I just watched this to see the next big thing. Um, this was announced, I think, on their blog. So. The, again the casuals aren't going to playstation block to see what's up uh so i think i think it I hopefully be fine i think if it comes to a point where it is in stores 
it's going to be relied on the person selling or the person running the counter. They're going to be like, hey, this isn't a portable PlayStation. I know that it's, you know, nuts enough that the abbreviation is PSP, but thankfully they're not referring it to that in any way, shape, or form um, because there could be some confusion. I think once it starts getting to people's hands, there's going to be a slight confusion, but I think if they keep their verbiage very clear that that you need a ps5 yeah then i think it'll be hopefully fine fine (laughs) hopefully yeah like i'm I'm thinking like gamestop displays like that that's the concern i have is Mm because you know you worked at gamestop so you know exactly what i'm talking about here when you have like a like a mother walking in for her young son to to buy her like a nice christmas present or something like that and she's like oh a new playstation and she grabs that but he doesn't have a ps5 so they need to be very explicit like she's like oh 199 for the new playstation handheld sure like (laughs) and they need to be very explicit like playstation portal companion device ps5 mm-hmm. required to play like they, they need to be very explicit and i know they might be apprehensive to do that because they don't want to shoot themselves in the foot and, and undersell its capabilities but at the same time there absolutely is going to be people like kids getting this for christmas that don't have ps5s i already know it's going to happen like <laughs> and, and, and i'm sympathetic for them but, but before we move on i did want to ask you one question about the name now that we have the concrete name playstation portal i've seen a lot of debate about some people like it a lot some people are very skeptical about it because of its proximity to the name portable so it's effectively another psp um what do you think did do you like the name do you do you do you have any concerns about like brand confusion i have less concerns about that just because of how long psp has been out of the public zeitgeist but Mm -hmm seeing the name psp again i that i could see lapsed gamers who don't pay attention being confused also by that and like oh the psp's back oh shit cool and and grabbing it you know what i mean so like what, what are your thoughts about the name yeah you know at first i was like okay interesting name because um, when i started looking into it obviously because this is the full-fledged release i was like okay portal that's so interesting name is there like some sort of hub or nothing you know is there some sort of, and it's not uh i think there is a part of me where i'm like right, it's a little close to portable guys you're m- mixing but it's also like you said it the vita wasn't called psp2 or anything like that it's been so yeah. long since the psp is like you said been a relevant thing you can't go into gamestop ask for a psp and Tell get the wish. wrong and get and get the wrong one you know what i'm talking about so so it, i think god of war the psp with yeah it. yeah so the people asking like oh isn't there gonna be confusion no because it's not yeah. it's not that you know could it could i don't know what it was they would have named it I, again you you get to be they had to be careful with it you couldn't call the playstation 5 portal because again it's gonna sound like a portable ps5 and that's not what it is um so i i think it's an interesting name i i I, I get the sort of theme of it, uh, the whole portal thing connecting to the PS5. So it is just a. I think it's fine. I, I think th- I think yeah, there are people out there who's gonna complain. It's you know not a PSP, but again, they're not marking it with the initial PSP uh, for PlayStation Portal. So I think I think they'll be fine. Yeah, you know when I was thinking about it because when I heard first heard Portal. I was I didn't have the best reaction to it because I was like yeah that is pretty like that's pretty close um, yeah. 
and I would avoid any proximity if, if necessary. Um, and, and then naturally the question is like, okay, if not portal, then what? Like, what would you name it? And obviously I'm mm-hmm. not a marketing person, so I couldn't give them an answer. I, my mind immediately went to like something that could emphasize the second screen capabilities of it. So some kind of like mirror or something like that is what I went to first. Not again, not saying PlayStation Mirror is a good name, not saying that, but I'm, some, I'm saying something like that, like the ability to have that second screen thing might be a little bit clearer than portal which is a little bit of an ambiguous type of term um but at the same time yeah if not portal i couldn't think of something better so i'm not necessarily mad about it i just the moment i saw the name i have this visual of all the the people we went to high school with that haven't played games since what 2012 or something like that don't even know what the vita is the last thing they ever touched in terms of a handheld from the playstation ecosystem was the psp where they're playing god knows splinter cells or something in there and they go back into a game they go into a GameStop and they see a new beautiful handheld looking device beautiful controllers on the side there and it's mm-hmm. the PlayStation Portal and i don't know if they could immediately see that it's something else you know what i mean and also you know i know they talk about the fact that the PS5 is way more available now but depending on your market a lot of the people can't walk into stores and they still can't get ps5s not every market has been fixed yet um no. a lot have but a lot haven't as well uh, like like out here where i'm at right now if you go into a GameStop, there's no ps5s there's no way you'll never see it um but again your mileage may vary like some places do have it but i yeah. wouldn't be surprised if you could walk into a GameStop at you know black friday time this year when this is out and there'll be a playstation portal there and I just wonder if they're like, oh, the $200 version of that? Like, hell yeah, I want to play God of War on the, on a, in the PS5 ecosystem, but I can't maybe afford a PS5 or I can't. And I just, I just worry about that confusion, man. Like, I, I, I worry about the casual influx of people who are going to have this device and it hasn't been explicit. So I'm just, I'm very curious to see what Sony's branding is and how out there they're going to be with the fact that there's a companion device because if i was them i'm plastering that everywhere that little stamp in the corner there right you know like like you need a ps5 to play this so we'll see but at the same time i don't see this thing selling a ton anyways you know what i mean like like i think it it has its niche it'll move within that and then i think it's going to fall off a cliff like i think most of the sales of this are probably going to be super front loaded so you, we're talking november to february maybe and then mm-hmm. th- then it's probably going to fall off a cliff and like people will be on to the next thing and everybody's going to be like okay when is the ps5 pro uh ps5 pro or slim or whatever is coming out mm-hmm. like i think that is what people are waiting for they don't care about this cuz i think a lot of people who even pay attention to close headlines the moment they're like oh this is not a vita successor all right and they they clicked away <laughs> like so uh i think you know there'll be the people like us who are stoked again because i'm i'm stoked for this i can't wait to play this yeah but, um yeah I, I think a lot of questions need to be answered yeah that's that's my one concern i'm still sort of just waiting on not waiting on but just battery time man the battery time how, what's that like so i gotta go plug it in and <laughs> it better be better than Steam Deck. There's no native processing, so it bet it's got to be better than five. If it's less th- than five, I'm gonna be yeah. Upset. I th- I think it's got to be. It's I'm assuming close to a Dual Sense, and I I don't know what, the, what do I get out of a Dual Sense five, I get six, five or seven six. hours. So which isn't which, which isn't is terrible, not great, right? but <laughs> which is not it's not great. But I'm not playing 
I, I, I'm not playing like a six-hour session right there on my. Yeah, it works for us. Yeah, I know so other it, people it, bump its issues. Yeah, but. so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, so we're super excited for that. But we do gotta kind of turn it down to some sad news. I know one's uh, it's one that I took kind of per- not personal, but <laughs> I was very bummed out about. Um, so Volition is shutting down um, and has shut down. So. Uh, Volition Games has announced that its parent company, Embracer Group, is shutting the studio down. The studio was the developer behind the latest Saints Row reboot. Uh, in, an updated, in an update on LinkedIn, Volition said this past June, Embracer Group announced a restructuring program to strengthen Embracer and maintain its position as a leader in the video game industry. As part of the program, they, value the, the, they evaluated strategic and operational goals and made the decision to close Volition effective immediately. Uh, Deep Silver issued its own statement after Volition released a farewell letter acknowledging the efforts of its developers and the love from its community. Uh, quote, our thoughts go out to everyone at Volition, past and present. Quote, uh, Deep Silver writes. We're incredibly grateful for the unforgettable work on Saints Row and Red Faction, whose IPs will live on on Play On. So, really bummed, really bummed. This this is something we've worried about for a while. When we see these Embracer groups um, and everyone like that buying these just a risk ridiculous amount of companies, once something starts not to do well or make the returns you think, uh, they're going to start doing that restructuring. And Embracer, a while, I want to say almost a year ago or a few months ago, talked about they were going to start restructuring things. Um... Obviously, when you Volition comes and releases Saints Row to such pretty bad reception, uh, you're going to be put a big target on your back. You know, if this game did gangbusters, you'd be probably fine to an extent. Uh, but it sucks. Volition Games, this is a company that existed for, I think, 30 years. I think they just did a 30-year, like, YouTube video um, of, of all the stuff they've done ever since. And they've worked on so many IPs, so... My heart goes out to them because that, that is unfortunate. You know, it, we are in a different time where Volition, maybe not a true AAA studio, but nowhere near these sort of lower scales. They've done things so well. Um, and it sucks that they're sort of killed off. But, you know, the IPs are getting take, obviously taken from them and are owned by the, the bigger group. Um, so I know this sucks. My heart goes out to them. Hopefully a lot of them can uh, bounce back and, and get hired. I know... I always like to see when, not to like to see when this happens, but but when when something like this happens, I do like to see so many of the other companies and communities start retweeting and sharing, you know, job openings here and there. And, and I do like to see that, that there is a sort of community that we want people to work, you know, they're doing stuff that we couldn't do. So um, how did this uh, hit you? Yeah, no, it was really sad. I mean, anybody who knows me knows how big of a fan of like Saints Row I am. So mm-hmm. when I heard this, I was like, dang, man, like. I think it was it was is very disappointing, but unfortunately not surprising. Um, in this day and age, knowing who their owner was, um, and I mean, if you just look at the output for the past, I mean, we're talking what twenty years now. It, it's not looked great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're talking about yeah, Saints Row, the latest one didn't what wasn't well received. I myself didn't like it at all. But if you go before that, I mean. Saints Row 4, Agents of Mayhem, they've they've been kind of on a run of games that not only were not received well, but I don't think sold very well either. Um, mm-hmm. And so they've been in an unfortunate position where I would imagine they're they're 
not the most profitable company in the world and if you look at the last game that really undeniably moved the needle it was what saints row three and because even you know like four like i like four but it's a very goofy game but i i think a lot of people were disappointed by that game as a sequel to what a very beloved game three Mm -hmm. I think was one of the better selling ones for for sure. But now, before three, we're we're, talk, we're back in PS2 years basically. We're or or PS3 actually, early PS3. But uh, where we're talking about Red Faction days and Saints Row Two days, like we're we're a long time ago. So it's been a very long time where public sentiment and just the general reception towards their products have been kind of in the toilet. And so unfortunately, like when I read this. I was like really upset by it obviously naturally as a huge saints row fan and i was really hoping all the developers landed on their feet and stuff like that but i was super unsurprised because i was like you mm-hmm. know to be honest with you i had felt after the latest saints row i didn't think they were going to get indefinite shots and so i felt like at the very least saints row is going into other people's hands that was always my feeling, which is like either Deep Silver is going to yank it or it's going to get published elsewhere or something like that. But I didn't think that Volition would get another shot after this latest Saints Row because I feel like that was their extra shot. You know what I mean? Like the, this was the reboot, all new characters, all new imagery, a new place, very little connection to the previous stuff. So this was like the, I guess, the soft reboot because I, I don't know if it's a hard reboot continuity wise but this was their god of war 2018 you know what i mean like their mm-hmm. chance to do it again without all the weight of the previous stuff and it just fell on its face and so if you kind of flopped with the old iteration and you flop with the new iteration it didn't surprise me but uh i'm you know yeah i'm, I'm just hoping all the de- devs land on their feet i'm curious to see what they do with the ip going forward uh but yeah it, not, not great times for for saints row you know it's been on kind of a downward trajectory for quite a while so um you know hopefully everybody lands and hopefully you know like if, if everybody else can find new jobs and unfortunately volition ceases existence but maybe you know the ip will be better in other people's hands and kind of it could be a net positive when it all shakes out but it's, it's a very unfortunate situation yeah, that, that's the thing. People were... I, I saw some people discussing online. They're like, man, you know, they make one bad game. And I said, it goes a little one deeper. One bad game. Uh, you know, yeah, you got to look at what they... You know, they also did that other game. Uh, it was a, not really a Saints Row game. It, it Agents was like, of Mayhem? He, Agents of Mayhem. The, the, yeah. he, it was, you know, some sort of hero shooter nonsense. Huh? Yeah, that was pretty bad, too. So it, it has been a few couple duds after one another. So I think this could have been the... the you know, we wanted Saints Row the reboot to be this such a. We wanted it to be something else, you know, and, yeah. and what we got was definitely the writing was on the wall that this wasn't going to be what it needed to be. Um, and I mean, such weird timing too because that is September's PlayStation Plus game. It, it, Saints Row is in that catalog, um, so it's unfortunate because there's going to be a lot of people who go play, and there's going to be people who do like it. You know, maybe they buy some of the DLC. Um, but it's sort of for not. I I think it's going to be an even longer wait now before we see another Saints Row, because uh, it's it's kind of a tainted name now. You know, people think Saints Row one, two, and three, and that's it. They're like the rest of it sucks. Uh, which you know, it's not inaccurate, but it's not the yeah, it's not it's not the craziest thing. Uh, <laughs> so I do I do understand I do understand from a business spec what what happened. Yeah, and I just 
check to verify. Yes, Saints Row 3, and not counting like their little remaster version, was 2011. Um, and, and that was kind of coming hand in hand with a Red Faction game. So we're talking about 12 years yeah. ago, um, effectively, since they've had a undeniable hit. Uh, Saints Row 4, Get Out of Hell, Agents of Mayhem, and Saints Row is basically their output since then. Wow. And all yeah. of those have been, at the very least, questionably, like at the best, questionably received, otherwise badly received. And uh, these, from what I understand, are what I'm reading here, are probably like two pronged. So, because, you know, sometimes critical reception is bad, but it moves a lot of units. That happens mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, for example, uh, Pokemon Scarlet one of the worst received games of that year also is one of the best selling games of that year so mm-hmm. it doesn't always coincide but from what i understand pretty much since three uh they've it's been diminishing returns every time so unfortunately it seems that if you're look if you're looking from the owner's standpoint or the publisher's standpoint it it, it looks numbers wise like critical mass had been hit and uh it, it had climaxed in terms of public reception and sales and so if it's on a downward spiral, uh, naturally, if it's making less money, you invest less money. If you invest less money, the product suffers. And so if the, and if the product is suffering, it does worse, and thus it's kind of a feedback cycle. And so naturally, it, w- it doesn't surprise me that 12 years later, they're like, we have to break the cycle. Um, yeah. I don't like the layoffs. I think if anything, you know, maybe Saints Row goes into other people's hands and they can focus on something maybe that they could do a little more proficiently, like a Red mm-hmm. Faction game or something like that, would have been my ideal. Um, my ideal is that teams don't get shut down, but it doesn't surprise me if you just look at kind of like on a high-level view. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, we're you know, we move on to something maybe a little bit more exciting for mm-hmm. some people, I guess. Um, the Atari 2600 Plus. So Atari and PlayOn. Funnily enough, I think that also uh, the same people that we're just talking about with Volition yeah. and Deep Silver um, have announced the Atari 2600 Plus, a modern-day faithful recreation of the classic console that is set to launch on November 17th, 2023. So two days after, actually after the PlayStation Portal uh, for 129.99, and it comes with 10 games and a CX40 Plus joystick controller. The Atari 2600 Plus is available for pre-order right now, and it also features such quality of life improvements as HDI, uh, HDMI output, USB power, and multiple screen resolutions. It's also backwards compatible with hundreds of Atari 2600 and 7800 games. So a couple things. Uh, I looked on Amazon because I, I also pre-ordered this. You can pre-order the console right now. You can pre-order a standalone joystick. And then also there are developers making physical uh, new Atari games for this or, or reprints of classic games mm-hmm. but in new packaging so like Berserk and stuff like that so um, there's some pretty exciting stuff happening in the Atari world uh, I would also like to note that like Atari the Atari that exists right now in terms of IP ownership is technically not the same Atari that made the original 2600 I don't think that team exists anymore uh, and that company exists uh, they were bought out some time ago so just as a heads up it, for some people care about that that's why some people are really off of the VCS stuff but it's mm-hmm. just worth considering um, but overall when I saw this I was interested especially when I saw the price point I was getting like 130 but you know I immediately went to oh this is like uh, the the NES mini the SNES mini what Sega's done what PlayStation done a little plug and play with with pre-installed games which we've seen a ton of times especially from atari i mean if anybody was putting up plug and plays before everybody was atari um but then i saw it's actually technically a new 
2600 it, it's the yeah. console you can put the cartridges in there i was blown away by that you don't see that very often you'll you'll see like uh the high end or the like the retron and, and you'll see stuff like that that are able to play original hardware but uh very seldomly do you see the actual developer itself that's effectively like imagine if sega put out a new dreamcast you know what i mean yeah. um where you could throw in the discs and play all the original games so i was immediately sold because i've wanted a 2600 for quite a while but sometimes the hardware can be a little wonky in terms of the ability to read games getting repairs on it are a pain um and just finding them for a fair price it fluctuates a lot and so effectively being able to get a atari 2600 that i know for a fact the hardware will work flawlessly i don't have to worry about connections to my tv i could put it right there in my living room with the rest of my consoles and it functioned perfectly and i could just focus on picking up classic cartridges which are super inexpensive as a heads up for anybody who's mm -hmm. a collector atari 2600 and, tw and 7800 games unless you're talking about a super rare game are incredibly inexpensive because the uh public swell like you know there's kind of ebbs and flows and in interest of collecting old games right now we are on the gamecube right now and it's it, it's kind of fluctuated it's going a little bit to like ps2 ps3 but it, it's mostly hovered around gamecube um we long past the 2600 interest phase so right now if you're looking to collect these games this is a great direction to go and so i'm absolutely sold on it i got it again it is the 2600 and 7800 so like a lot of these games are if you don't have an appreciation for very old school stuff i'm talking 78 to 83 type games this is probably not going to be for you or 75 to 83 uh this this will not be for you so i don't i don't suggest you guys get this for your kids or anything like that i don't know, <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna like this very much um but you know i i there's tons of like really great midway games that i actually really enjoy for atari so i'm i'm absolutely into this only complaint i would say is with the pre-install or not the pre-install but the the cartridge that comes to 10 is a little light you know, I, f I figured they could put a, a couple more in there, but oh well, I'll take it. Uh, so I already pre-ordered this. Do you have any interest in this whatsoever? Yeah, so again, I didn't hear about this until you you basically sent it to me. So I, I did pre-order as right now as we speak, um, just just in case. But yeah, no, I think it's a very cool thing. I think it's, well, yeah, like you said, it's a, almost a step above like the NES Classic or the NES Classic. Yeah. because those games you you know you had to have the games that were on it and that was it uh, unless you went and jailbroke it um, besides you know your cartridge did not fit i mean i think original snes cartridge was bigger than the snes classic uh, yeah i put them together they it can, yeah. it's pretty close yeah it, it, it's nuts uh, so to have there are people who are out there who have like crazy atari collections and like you said the hardware is a little wonky you gotta go through all you'd have to have you have to go through dongles and dongles to get down on a modern tv so it looks terrible that way so having something you can just plug right into an hdmi is gonna be really cool and have your classic games plug in right in there is is fantastic but yeah this is again something to specific people like people like us who would like to have sort of that nostalgic timing um, and for the you know the older adults who are like, I only used to play the Atari. Well, what's your excuse now? Here it is. You know, it's not a modern control. But like you said, unless the you know unless the young kids are having a an old time sort of reflecting, you know, you can't give this to someone who knows. You can't give this to like new generation of kids, right? Because they're, they're, they're going to see the stick in one button. What do I do with this? You yeah, know, like, where the, the kingdom. Right? <laughs> they're like, where are the triggers? Um, but there is an extent. I do agree with you. A, a ten in one cartridge. That's uh, kind of a 
It's a little light. It's a little, it's a little light there. Uh, you can add a couple more. Um, but again, like you said, it's they're super inexpensive uh, to find. I mean, retro stores are full of them. You have, like you said... Uh, They'll practically pay you to take it off their hands, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, cents sometimes. And then you, and then you do have the reprints right now. I, I'm seeing... Because well, it's all listed as, <laughs> funnily, like you said, funnily enough, by Deep Silver is... Um, who is technically selling this all on Amazon? But you yeah. know, yeah, they have a new reprint of Berserk. It's like thirty um, bucks, though. That's the only reason why I'm like, hell no, that's, that's, that's a little thirty dollar yeah. Atari that's a little game. Nuts. Um, but Mister Run and Jump, uh, these are some classic games. Which who knows? I mean, there's people who maybe just never played them, and I understand why. But this is something really cool, and I just, I just also like to look at the Atari, just because it's got that classic look to it. It's got the little wood grain on the front. Um, it's gonna be nuts when I have this over, and if I bring my parents over, they're gonna be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and just break out the twenty six hundred, you know. Um, so it's interesting. Again, something that kind of just snuck out in the quiet, but it is something I'm generally excited for. Once you send it to me and I watch the trailer or whatever the video that they have with it, I think this is fantastic. I think this is great, and the price point, like you said, right where it needs to be. I think that's a, a justifiable price point. Oh yeah, and and that's a big thing. That price is what sold me on it. Um, just that that one thirty is just enough because it you know mm-hmm. the one thirty combined with the ability to play original hardware. If it was just a plug and play, I probably wouldn't be that interested. Like, same. It's cool. Uh, the, I I like a collector's item. Um, but this is actually ha- like functional because like this will actually fill a hole in my collection. Like, I didn't have any Atari stuff because. It, it's always the hardware it's never the games that kind of block me from it like well mm-hmm. that's not true there's the saturn but that's a whole different thing but um there like it's mostly the hardware that i just haven't been able to scrounge up the time and, and resources to track down a, a working well-kept of uh 2600 and so this kind of fills that so i can just jump straight into collecting the games i've been wanting to play pitfall on original hardware for many years now so I'm, I'm very stoked about this, and it, it's a decent time for it. it. It's in time for the holidays and stuff like that. And what I like about it, it, it is kind of crazy because I wouldn't have thought, you know, in 2023 to have much positive to say about Atari after the whole VCS thing. Uh, if anything, mm-hmm. this is what I felt like they should have been doing, not weird promises of some pseudo BS console that is supposedly partially a PC and compete with modern gaming. It's, it's trash. Mm-hmm. Um this is what I think makes a lot of sense for them to be doing is just like literally do what worked previously, just make it work on a modern TV. Uh, and I would absolutely love to see more, uh, like in television should be doing this. If anything, forget the Amico, God knows what, yeah. where that yeah. is. Um, but like we need an, a, a, I, I think about the Coleco vision and then just all these cool things. Uh, the Magnavox Odyssey or, um, that could play original hardware. I, I mean, if Sega could do this, Imagine, like, a working, proper, like, Saturn re-release or, like, Mm -hmm. a Genesis re-release. That, again, it's just a pain to deal with the original hardware, so if you could find it. Genesis's are easy to find. You could find those. But, like, Dreamcast and and Saturn's can be kind of a pain. Um, I just think of all the potentials that this kind of opens up. Again, I don't know if anybody but Atari is even interested. I know with some of those other companies, they're not in the console space anymore. So the likelihood of that happening is very low. Like Magnavox is yeah. not. I don't even know who owns that anymore. So I don't know mm-hmm. where they're coming from. Um, and Nintendo, you know, they have a different strategy in terms of handling their older hardware. But yeah, I, I would I would love for more companies to do this because I feel like 
there that is one of the biggest blockers that i hear people talk about like oh i want to play i would love to play mario party 5 but like finding a gamecube is kind of annoying now or finding a psp or like it's always the hardware and so if you can eliminate that for people and just worry about the games go to your local game exchange or whatever or ebay or whatever and you could just you buy your guitar hero or buy this or buy that and just hook it up into this new thing you don't have to worry about hdmi upscaler bs connecting it to you you or breaking out the crt to play duck hunt just don't worry about all that just hook up this (laughs) console like i feel like that would solve a lot of problems is even for the casual gamers like the Mm -hmm. older gamers that are like maybe taking the nostalgia trips that once upon a time plug and plays kind of satisfied this this is the natural evolution of that it's like it's it's no, it's literally your your twenty six hundred from when you were a kid. Like it, it's the same thing, just brand new. Like have a blast. Like I think that's exciting for like I I bet there's gonna be a whole generation of dads just losing it in November exactly. when this come, come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, absolutely. But, they yeah. they brought it up. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that's all the stories we have for you guys this week. A very solid week for stories. Um, there are slight very slight and i'm not bringing this up as a story but um, small microsoft acquisition stuff <laughs> but it, yeah. it is evolving they're they've restructuring deals so probably in the next episode we can dedicate a little bit of time if there's any evolutions on that but as of right now i know there there was some kind of cma restructuring stuff they're doing to try mm-hmm. to still get that through so god bless phil spencer with have a blast good luck getting yeah. it through um but yeah this has been the neo vintage podcast we hope to see you guys next week i'm Jabrell and i'm with here with steve and we'll see you guys in the next episode